This is Wellbeing Well Said, the podcast with me, Sarah Maloof. Join me as I chat with fitness gurus, business owners, wellness experts, and other inspiring individuals as together we dive into what it means to live well. Hey, y'all. Welcome to episode number 78 of Wellbeing Well Said, the podcast with me, your host, Sarah Maloof. I cannot believe we've recorded 78 of these things, but I'm still having fun. I hope y'all are as well. Today's episode is personal because I got the chance to sit down with my sister Stephanie's longtime boyfriend, Anderson Gowen, and do a little interview. I think, I hope I'm not wrong in saying this, but I think this is the first interview I've done with an artist in the traditional sense. I've interviewed plenty of creatives, but Anderson is a full-time painter and artist. He is a contemporary abstract artist from Memphis, Tennessee, and he's the founder of The Ugly Art Company. He went to Watkins College of Art and Design in Nashville and then Memphis College of Art as well. He's had work shown in local and regional galleries and museums like the Dixon Art Gallery and Brooks Museum of Art, and has been a part of many group shows, and he presented two one-man shows. I love this episode because we go all over the place. We talk about life as an entrepreneur, so to say. He is full-time in this gig, y'all. So we talk about what steps it took to get there. We also talk a lot about things like how his art and his work have helped him with cope with different elements of life, you know, how it relates to mental health. And he likes to say that his a lot of his work is actually born from mistakes or the memories of mistakes that he's made in the past, which I found to be very interesting. And he said when people ask him for the meaning of his work, he just doesn't think it's that simple because it's not just interpreting the brush strokes on the canvas. He says it really is about the whole process. The act of representing his missteps is as much of a part of the work as the finished piece. I love this episode. I This is kind of a new thought process for me to really think about how art and hobbies or careers, whatever you want, whichever way you look at creativity in your life can really relate to your overall health and well-being. So I have linked Anderson's information below. If you are interested, check out the show notes. You can go to his website or Instagram or email if you're interested in purchasing any of his art or requesting commissions. I also linked his company, as mentioned, the Ugly Art Company. I think it's such a cool concept. It's basically a bunch of local creatives in Memphis coming together. He'll explain more about that in the show as well, but I've linked both in the show notes. You can follow them on Instagram, reach out if you're interested in getting a piece or two for yourself. And with that said, Anderson, welcome to the show. I want to go back to your childhood, to the youthful Andy, where it all began. And I want to know if your creativity and your artistic ability, if you feel like that was just instinctual, it's something that you've had in you since birth. And I want to know what role your parents played in instilling and inspiring and encouraging the creativity in you as a child. That's a good question. Um, so I'll take the last part first. My parents definitely played a huge role in that. Um, they took me to art museums all the time. We did a bunch of traveling, uh, whether it be soccer tournaments or just family trips. One of the things that was always on the agenda, no matter where we were, was some type of museum. Um, And I think I I didn't know that I had some sort of creative ability or talent 
but I always felt, I, I mean, as a child, I got excited about going to museums and looking at paintings from the Renaissance period or, you know, the Byzantine period, you know, as a nine-year-old. So probably a little bit of a, a telltale sign. Um, it wasn't until seventh or sixth grade, really, where I started to, to paint. And then I was like, I really enjoy this. Mm -hmm. And it was from, from that age, it was an, an outlet for me. Um, and then, you know, since then, it's just, it's, it's grown and grown and grown. But my parents were absolutely uh, pivotal. I mean, because I was, I'm very blessed with parents who were always incredibly encouraging and never told me like, don't do this. Or, you know what, Anderson, that might not be the best profession to go into. You know, let's go, let's look at this, uh, this banking profession, right? We, no, no, I mean, it's just, uh, they were always super, uh, super supportive, super um, encouraging and never made me feel weird about liking art. Mm -hmm. Well, that brings up another point. Something else I wanted to ask, you just called it an outlet or you refer to your art as an outlet. A lot of people in the world are artists by, you know, for fun as a hobby. Right. At what point was there an aha moment or a pivotal moment, or did you always know or believe that you were going to make art a career and it wasn't going to just be a hobby for you? I did not always know that. Uh, I, I always wanted to believe it, but yeah, I, I was working a, a nine to five with you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, making decent money and everything was good, but I never felt fulfilled. I did not get. And, and so while I was working at, uh, this company selling mailing equipment, um, I was getting commission requests while I was working and it was, it was great. And I enjoyed doing it, but it was like, I didn't want it to just be a hobby. I, mm -hmm. it, I, I'm such an all in or all out person that I felt like I was not doing justice to the pieces I was selling when I was working at another job. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but I didn't feel fully invested in it. So I was like, if I'm going to do this, I need to really do it. Mm -hmm. And I decided right then and there, I think it was in like the beginning of April. I was like, I'm just going to try it. I went to college for this. I've always loved art. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but I'm at least going to try. And mm -hmm. um, so far it's worked. Yeah. It's okay. So, so far it's worked for you, which is great. And I'm really proud of you. A lot of people probably, I don't want to say a lot, I don't want to assume, but I know there are a group of people in the world who have these side hustles, quote unquote, that they're right. building up on the side. Similarly to what you were doing, you were building this up on the side and then they want to know when it's the right time to take the leap, to go all in for you. Was it just that gut feeling of, I have to do this or did you have you know, maybe financial goals, what, what went into it? Or was it one moment where you just like, couldn't do it anymore? Cause I know people ask for advice. I hear it all the time in different podcasts. As I read, you know, people want to know that when can I go all in? When's the right time? Is there a right time? Sure. What advice would you give to that person? I don't think for me, it was not a financial decision. And that was one of the reasons I felt comfortable making that decision because it was something that I loved. And so, it, yes, it, it was a really guttural feeling. I, it was, um, 
something that I thought, prayed about, talked to people that I know and trust and love about. And that was, I mean, that's also something that I have. And it's a, a great privilege is I have a great supporting cast of people saying, yes, you can do this. Mm-hmm. And you, you believe it. I mean, I know I had the talents because I'd been crafting that those talents for 10 years. I went to college for it, but you, there's still doubt, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, to this day, I still have doubt. There's always, it, it doesn't ever escape, but um, I think it's a, uh, that's a really personal decision. But for me, I knew that um, I had a great supporting cast. I had the ability to do it. And, and then when I started feeling like, you know what, I've got to do it. That's when I said, okay, let's try it. You know? Mm-hmm. And um, if not, I can go back to selling milling equipment. So. But no, but I think that's <laughs> a really good point. I think that's a good point to make because I think I've been in this boat too. And I think a lot of people feel like it's so black or white. You know, if I leave this job, I can never go back to corporate again. Like right. this is all or nothing. I mean, what if I fail? And I don't really think in this situation, failure is even on the table because what's the worst that can happen? I learn from my mistakes. I grow as a person. I go back and get another job. Okay. Right. You know? And yeah. so I, I just think that that's really important to note because I agree with you. It's like, as long as you leave on good terms, which, you know, you did, it's not like if you don't just, you know, leave the place burning and just hope for referrals down the which road. Which I could have done. <laughs> I could have done, but I didn't. Right. But I, just think, <laughs> I think that a lot of people forget like, Hey, there are so many jobs. There are so many companies. Will it be your dream job? Maybe not. But if you need to make ends meet, that could be on the table. But I just think it's, it's a good reminder to have. So people who are a little more nervous to kind of take that leap might keep that in their back pocket as some reassurance. But well, and to that point, I think that you can't be afraid of that failure because even, even you're going to have moments of failure. And you're going to have, and if you don't have them, then you're probably not really trying. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of my biggest failures have helped me get to the point that I'm at now. And I'm not, I'm not this, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a very small local painter. um, But it had, those failures helped me push my career farther than I ever had anticipated. Would you mind expanding upon some of the failures? Like what is, what, how do you define a failure in your career? Um, A failure in my career is not living up to what I promised. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times you can see it like one of the best things about being a painter is giving the piece to someone and then seeing their face just light up. Mm -hmm. And on the other side of that is when you give them the piece and they're a little, Oh, thank you so much. You know, it's like, oh man, and it's not because you're you're not going to say, oh, I'll redo it. I, I, you know, um, there there have been times where I and and, and I think what it kind of boils down to is communication. Mm-hmm. I did not properly uh, assess what they were looking for, and then communicate what I was going to give them. Mm-hmm. Um, on, and these are mainly talking about commission pieces. You know, because when you buy a piece um, that's already done, you obviously know what you're getting, right? Mm-hmm. But the, there were two incidents, and those are the only two, thank goodness. But that really 
and it bothered me greatly, you know, because I did, I felt like I'd let these people down and they had spent money and I did not deliver on my side. And so I completely reshaped how I talked to people from the very beginning about getting a piece. I um, redid my whole uh, script about, you know, this is what to expect. A lot of times what I'll say to these people is you can be as involved in this situation as you want, or you can be not involved at all. But let's go ahead and figure that out right now. You know, don't wait uh, two weeks into the process and then come back and say, oh, I would really like these colors in it, you know, or can you add this? Because no, I can't. Uh, I'm already I've already spent two weeks on it and we're going to go with what we got. But that's really admirable. And it's also really interesting as someone who knows nothing about the process of creating paintings and art in general, it, because a lot, I feel like it's pretty common for maybe some artists, maybe of a certain caliber, or maybe they think of a certain caliber to say, uh, this is what I've got. This is what I'm creating. This is my masterpiece and not leave that door open for communication, which really isn't fair because, you know, if someone's going to pay you for this, it should be what they want. Right. So I like that you were able to adjust. And a lot of people in any type of entrepreneurial role struggle to adjust based on not what they want or need, but based on what the consumer is telling them that they need, you know, that is so true. It's interesting. Speaking of communication though, as an artist and as a painter, more specifically, what do you hope your pieces do communicate what vibe or energy or message, or is it different piece by piece? Yeah, I would say that I have some, I'm a very instinctual painter. So they do fluctuate. It, well, it, if I'm doing a commission and someone wants a specific, uh, something specific to be correlated or, or give this notion of, then I will try obviously to go with that. But when I'm working for myself, when I'm creating, most of my work is very instinctual. And so if I'm having a bad day or if I'm tired, you'll see my work be a little darker. You'll see a little bit harsher brush strokes. Or, um, but if I'm having a good day and I'm uh, doing the things that I need to get done, you'll see lighter colors. And that's something I didn't, it was something I subconsciously am doing that I didn't realize until, you know, I, I got to college really. And one of my painting teachers brought that up to me. It, it, she was asking how my work fluct- fluctuates so much and why I'm using, you know, why are you using this color palette here? And then a completely different color palette here. Cause a lot of painters will typically stick to the colors that they feel comfortable with. And that's their, they build their brand like that. This is what you expect from this person. I thought that was boring. And, um, so yeah, it fluctuates, but uh, I, I, this is funny. I look a lot at children's work, kids, young, young kids. I, I have Alex, my sister, uh, who's also been a huge help to me re- uh, of late, but uh, I have her send photos of her child, her children's work. And, and it's not, uh, I, I'm not obviously saying, Children are these unbelievable artists or whatever. But what children do have that most um, practicing adult artists don't is the ability to be completely carefree and to not worry about making mistakes. They just make marks. And that is something that I, I want my work to be honest. I want it to be fresh. 
And um, so I, I find a lot of inspiration from that. I love that. I really do. And I'm hearing a lot of the energetics of art through this conversation, you know, that, that art can really obviously speak, not only to the person who's viewing it, but even speak to you as you're creating it, or even though, or even as you're looking back on it after you've created it, what role would you say, if any, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what role would painting as a career, as an outlet, as a mechanism play in your health, mental health, emotional health, whatever it may be. I probably wouldn't be here. Like art has, and I don't mean this to sound, you know, but it did save my life. I, I it was, it was something that I could do and uh, I could say things without having to verbalize them, especially in some of my darkest times in, in high school and in college. I, I uh, in early college, I lost two great, two of my best friends, um, within the, almost a year span. And I didn't know who to talk to about it. I didn't know how to talk to anybody about it. And, um, painting was my release valve. It was the thing I could say everything and be mad and be upset and grieve, um, without, and, and a lot of times I don't know the words that I'm trying to communicate, but I know how to, to visualize it. Um, and how to let that out. So it's, it, it is, it is one of the biggest parts of me taking care of my mental health and has been for the past 12 years. Were you aware of that at that particular point in time? Did you know the role it was playing and getting you through a hard time and helping you grieve or now is that all in retrospect? All in retrospect. Yeah, I, I did not. Um, and, and it's in, in looking back on some of those pieces, I can really see where I was at. And, mm. and it was, um, I think at the time I thought it was a good, it was something that I was taking my mind off, right? I was, I, I just don't want to think about it. So I'm going to paint, mm -hmm. but it was so much more than that. It was, it was, it was me writing in my diary mm -hmm. and it was me talking to a therapist, which I mean, obviously aren't comparable. Talking to a therapist is also uh, very good advice, but um it was something that I could do um, at my house mm -hmm. whenever I wanted and uh, work my way un unwittingly through that grieving process. Yeah, no, that's really beautiful. So bringing it back up to today, mm -hmm. now you are a full-time artist and I want to get into your project here in a minute, but first I have to ask, do you ever feel imposter syndrome? I feel that quite a bit. And I feel like probably most people, when, when you're putting yourself out there to be judged, at some point you're going to feel that. Um, and that's really how I get through it, is just keep on putting myself out there. Because I find strength and inspiration from people who just keep going. And I, uh, that's something that I think, you know, if, if, you, if you weren't meant to do it, you, you would eventually quit. And... Um, by just showing up every day and continuing on by, by doing the thing that you love and you, you know, deep inside you are worth it and you are valuable to this and, and you have a talent, but it's hard to communicate that sometimes without sound, sounding arrogant mm -hmm. or um, completely stuck up. But I, I think your work ethic and being able, that's what people, that's what speaks to other people is they say, well, he hasn't given up yet. And, uh, <laughs> 
I think for for people who maybe not might not look at paintings or look at art uh, or be able you know to appreciate art sometimes, they at least see me still here, and that gives me confidence um, to know to let them know uh, that I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about the future of Anderson Goen and your art and the Ugly Art Co., a project you recently launched. I want to know a what it is and b why is it ugly. <laughs> okay. Yes. I get that a lot. Um, ugly art company is a company that I just recently started. Um, it's, it's, it's main goal is to come alongside local artists here in Memphis and to promote them in whatever stage of their career that they're at and to help them get to the next stage. Um, a lot of us are at different stages in our careers and we're still, I mean, we're, we're completely brand new and we're learning and growing all together but um, I, my dad had a record label. Uh, he worked in the music industry a long time ago. And then I got to work with him on a small record label uh, here in Memphis where we signed local musicians. And it was a lot of fun. And it was really cool to see how much you can get out of somebody when, when they trust you. And when, you're, uh, when your communication lines are open and you're, they don't feel like this is a predatory because, you know, record labels back, you know, still to this day are take advantage of their musicians. They take advantage of their talent. Um, and that's my dad just wanted to, to help local musicians. That was that was it. There was no, you know, a fine print at the bottom. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I was inspired by that. And I wanted to do that on the visual art side. Um, and so I think by by creating a, a collective of incredibly talented local artists, um, not only will it help them, it will help ugly and it will help our community. And that's really what I want. I mean, uh, we got a long ways to go, but we've got some really cool stuff planned. So why is it described as ugly? Cause I've oh. seen the work and there's lots of beautiful pieces in this, but in this right. company of artists. So explain where the name come from name came from. So there it's, it's kind of like a two, two part answer to that. The first part is that, is that art is obviously subjective. And um, it's it's a play on word. It's ironic because it's not most of this is not ugly work. Right. But um, the second part is that when I was young or not young, but when I was in, in college, I had an art show at my house and my best friends came over and they brought some of their, their parents and <laughs> my friend's mom was looking at a piece that actually just sold for a good amount of money. But, and she, I don't think she knew that I was standing right behind her. <laughs> and she was talking to her daughter and she goes, this is just so ugly. <laughs> it was kind of, it was obviously somewhat inflammatory, but it was almost kind of endearing too, because that is what uh, most of my work is so visceral. Um, it is so, and I can see how someone might think it's ugly. So I kind of embraced that. I love that someone got that much of a reaction out of my work. Um, so it's, uh, I, 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 that's why I went that route. Um, and it's meant a lot to me to, to, to be able to start the company, obviously, but then to, to kind of live out that what she thought might be a condemnation at the time into you know, something that we hope will be really successful.
I love it. Okay. And I wanted to ask a little bit more about it. Is it more of an internal discussion and handholding and encouragement support system for the artists, or is it more selling and placing these pieces locally throughout Memphis? Like how does it actually work? What are the ins and outs of it? Yeah. So that is what we're going to go. That's what our goal is, is to be able to start placing um, a lot of these artists work into homes or into galleries or into studios. Um, and hopefully by the end of this year, we're going to have a physical space, which will greatly expedite that process. But for now, what we're trying to do is build relationships with these people, come alongside them and, and be, have an intimate relationship with them. And, and, you know, me being a painter, I can talk to them and tell them some of my struggles and, and get some feedback and give them feedback. It's not, and it's, I, we don't, it's not a hierarchical structure. It's not Anderson's at the top and then all y'all are below. This is, uh, I really do want it to be a collective, a community where we're all here and we're all trying to get better. And how can we do that? What do we need to do that? And, and if I can assist you, what can I do? That's really what I want to provide. Whether that be um, putting on a show, whether that be getting a list of collectors and uh, getting those collectors in a room and pitching your work, or whether that be promoting your work on social media, free of cost to you that I want to do. Um, so yeah, that's, but we're at the infant stages of it. And, um, you know, uh, eventually when we have the space and we'll be able to have these really large shows with hopefully 15 artists on the roster and, um, you know, they'll be pretty cool. That's amazing. And it, yeah. it sounds like you and I are on the same page with our words for the year, because we've talked a lot about community and communication, two words that I really try to bring into everything I do work-wise, be it with the skin consult, the podcast, my personal site, whatever. I think that especially after the last two years we've had, we've realized isolation is not healthy for anyone. We need each other. We need communication. Yes. We need people around us. We need a support system. And I, I love that you're bringing that into a really niche group of people who are all like-minded in the sense that you're all artists. And I think it's going to be right. wonderful and I'm excited for you. So I do want to ask what, cause I like really micro details and I know that I'm big into routine. And so I got to ask, what does a day in the life look like as a full-time artist? I know, and I'm sure no day is the same, but generally speaking. Right. Right. Uh, every day is not the same. Um, but for me, it, 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 I, I do when I'm at my best, there's structure. So, and that's probably, I mean, I, 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 when I was just getting into it, I had no structure. I, um, was all over the place and it was, and it showed in my work. Um, but a day in the life is waking up and literally warming up my brain and my mind. I, I do little drawings. I, I mix colors together um, just to, to get things flowing. And then from there, I go back into the studio and um, lay everything. And I'm a, you know me, I am not a very organized person at all, but this is the one space that I am pretty organized in. I, I like to have all my brushes, all my paints in a certain um, configuration. And then I go into whatever that task is, whether it be a commission piece or if I'm working on a series, 
also, I, I usually have four or five pieces that I'm working on at once. So I don't get too stagnant on, on something. Um, and a lot of times you can take something that you're doing on one piece that you like, say, that's going to look really good on this one too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, so I'll, I'll work for probably about four hours, take an hour break, just relax, and then go back in for another four hours. So you work on multiple pieces at all times. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's I'll, really I'll have, um, so I've got two commission pieces right now and then I'm starting a little mini series. So I've got six pieces up that I'm working on. Um, and they're all, all different except for four of them are in a series, but yeah. That's amazing. Well, I'm really excited for you, your career, your profession. I'm excited for the ugly art company and the future ahead, but now to wind this conversation down I do ask all my guests the same question. And so in your own words, Anderson, what does it mean to live well? What does it mean to live well? Loaded question. I know. I think um, for me, it's being able to cut yourself a break. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a very self-critical person uh, in my professional life and my personal life, I overanalyze a lot about what I do and how I come off. So being able to just say, Hey, it's okay. And, um, and to, to give yourself some leniency and to understand that we're all in the same place. We're all trying to do our best. Um, but on the flip side of that, I think I would say to also be able to hold myself accountable to a fair standard, you know, um, I know that if um, I, I struggle with that too, I, I you know, to make excuses for myself and hey, you know, it's it's all right. It, but um, I think the fine balance between those two things for me um, is what living well is. I absolutely agree on both accounts. It's very easy for me to be hard on myself, and I. But yeah, exactly. We do need to hold our own standards. What's we know are, and like you've said throughout this conversation, you know, your talent, you know, your skill set, you know, the purpose behind what you're doing. And I love that that kind of drives you to keep going and keep going, keep showing up. Thank you so much. But before we go, you have to pimp yourself out here. Where can people find you? Are you, are you taking commission pieces now? Are you accepting applications for the ugly art company? Tell us all the things. Yes. Okay. So my Instagram is, uh, just Anderson going, um, the ugly art Instagram is the ugly art co. Um, I have a website, uh, it's andersongoin.com. Uh, it's completely sold out at the moment. So I've got to get some more work up there. Um, but yeah, we're, we're looking to, we'll have, we'll also have, um, we're building an ugly art website as well, where you'll be able to find the entire roster of artists. You can go on there and buy their work. Um, and so when, when we get that up, I'll have to come on and do another podcast to talk about all the, all the artists that we have and how talented they are. Well, for sure. You're welcome back anytime, your family and everything. So thank you, Anderson. I appreciate it so much. I'll be sure to link all of the pages you just mentioned at the show notes. Y'all go follow and check out his art. He's very talented as well as the other artists in the ugly art company. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sarah. This has been one of a kind experience. I really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wellbeing Well Said, the podcast. If you liked what you heard and you would 
like to support me, it would mean so much if you would subscribe to the show, rate and review, and spread the word. Tell your friends, tag me on Instagram, all of the things that really does help me grow and helps me create more content that I can put out for you all.